Welcome to Around the Board, a show where four board game enthusiasts discuss board game topics and news. Today's show begins with another great game debate, this time about Canvas. From there, we'll keep it heated with these guys strapping me to the hot seat. Afterwards, we'll try a new segment, believe it or not, and rounding out the show, we will pontificate about what is Ameritrash. Here are your hosts, Daniel Connors, John Theismann, Chris Thomason, and Andy Barnett. Now join us around the board. What's up, hey, fellas? How's it going? Hey, what have you guys been doing? Uh, well, I guess I have a confession to make. Uh-oh, um, this ought to be fun. Daniel's got me on that stupid Marvel Snap game. Ah. Yeah. Not a convert. Another yeah, one by the dust. Yeah. I, I, so... <laughs> It, in truth, to be honest, like it, I it, I enjoy it. It's it comes together well. Uh, yeah. It's still not what I want, I guess, so to speak. Uh, but what I want does take too long and is difficult to play on mobile. And it's magic because it's the best game of all time. Uh, but you, uh, oh my snap, Marvel Snap, I, I do appreciate uh, what it is. I appreciate the three different zones and how you have to think on your feet each time. So it's it's kind of cool. And what is and it, what has, is it, and it has Daniel's favorite. Of all time, part of a game, it's quick. Yeah. Yes. Like, it doesn't matter if it's any good. It's just as long as it's fast. Just keep going, keep it going, keep it going. That's all Daniel cares about. That's right. We want quick, snappy turns. That's what they call it. Well, snap. Is that why it's the called way, snap? That's right. The way you described that, Chris, it made me think of what? What is it? Which hero is it that has the description that you know it's not the it's not the hero we want. It's the hero we deserve. Ah, Batman, is right? Batman is that Batman? Yeah, yeah. he's not in it. That's not in this at all. <laughs> That's DC. But oh you man, know what superheroes are, Andy? I, I yeah. can't. I have to say something here. I don't want to bring us down, but I have to say something. Uh-oh. That? Uh oh. I don't know if you guys are aware. Since I'm in voiceover, it, I'm very aware of it. But the oh. iconic voice of Batman the animated series oh, just passed away recently. Oh no so, way! Yeah, Conroy and. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Wow, yeah, thanks for bringing us down, Andy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fantastic voice actor, though. Anyway, Marvel Snap. <laughs> yes. How about that? Bring it back up. Better than a dead guy. Yes. Well, you know, uh, since we're talking about Marvel and uh, old cartoon characters, the X-Men 92 is coming, or I guess it's going to be called 97. It's actually a continuation of the 90s X-Men cartoon, and it's going to have the exact same voice actors. So as long really? as them die, I'll be happy. Is Morph Crazy. still dead? Is who? Is Morph still dead? Oh yeah, Morph is still. Because he dies that like know. very first episode. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a character that never existed in the comic books. Really? Yeah, they were. Oh, okay. He was created just for that cartoon, so they could kill. Oh him. really? Yeah. yeah. Well, so was Jubilee, right? No, nope. Jubilee was also. No, Harley show? Quinn was, wasn't she? No. <laughs> oh, Harley Quinn might have been. Yeah, I think, I think so. she was. But, Harley but, Quinn was in the X Men. No, no. <laughs> that was because Psylocke. You've lost me. You've You're lost thinking me. of Psylocke. <laughs> anyway, by the way, <laughs> mobile games are just evil. You guys, Chris and Daniel, you're. It reminds me of the time I went to Gen Con when Pokemon Go had first come out. Ah. And, and we're supposed to be at a board game convention. Everybody's walking around playing stupid Pokemon Go. Yes. Yes. Me I included. believe it. You me included. included. <laughs> me included. <Yeah. laughs> I actually remember a uh, 11 o'clock trip to the graveyard with you because we thought oh. we could catch ghost Pokemon. Oh, my that? gosh. <laughs> I do remember that. I also That's remember I playing, it, playing it while driving, which was very dangerous. <laughs> You're God. the reason there's that warning on it now. 
<laughs> well, you had to go really yeah. slow too. It, it, it wasn't quite as dangerous because you had to go slow. So it was like I'd be like cruising down the road at like 11 miles an hour trying to play yeah. Pokemon Go after midnight. I'm yeah. pretty sure I looked drunk, but that that game I never played it, but it was one of my favorite games of all time because it just like created the reality of natural selection. <laughs> oh no! Uh, a lot of a lot of things happened to a lot of people because they True. were too yeah. Um, intellectually inept to decide not to play that dumb game yeah have you ever wondered why we call chris old man chris that is exactly why. there we go (laughs) well that's enough about game apps can we talk about something else (laughs) we can but one more thing while i'm on this topic i need to know this and maybe you guys know they had talked about coming out with a game that was set in the settlers of Catan universe that was going to play on that pokemon go engine Anybody sure ever that? remember what happened? Remember that? And, and did anything yeah. ever come of that? Are, are you are you reading from your believe it or not script? I think so. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> he's, he's, he, we're the test audience for that. No, this yeah. was legitimate. This they were. It was going to be like a deal where like you could go around to the gym where the gyms were and collect, uh, or you could collect resources. And then that's I think what I figured gyms, it would be. Collect wood here and ore there. Or something. Yeah, you'd go and you'd go to where the gym gyms were and you'd build uh, like gyms? your your uh, house or your yeah. Your... So you would like go to gyms and get wood. I don't. I don't think that would have worked very well. No, I think you'd get the wood and then take the wood to the gym. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, better. by the way, it's time to play the game. Thank, Thank goodness. goodness. <laughs> yes. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. That's why we're all here, right? Around the Board is all about debating different topics within tabletop gaming in four unique segments, each hosted by one of us. A behind-the-scenes judge will award points, and at the end of the show, whoever has the most points, whomever, whoever. Sure. That person (laughs) will sit on their throne of lies or (laughs) arrogance or whatever and get to pontificate about whatever they want. So now let's play said game. Are you ready? We're ready. Let's do this. I think so. Round one. Fight! All right, round one goes to me over here in the red corner, and we are having the great game debate, one of our main focuses on this show where we debate a great game. And today it is Canvas. Maybe you've heard of this one. It's uh, been kind of taking the gaming world by storm almost. I mean, for, for a game that really has only been available through Kickstarter until very recently, uh, a lot of people have uh, it's gotten a lot of buzz. A lot of people have played it. Anyway, it's, it plays one to five players. In about 30 minutes, Andy. <laughs> and it's designed by Jeff Chin and Andrew Nerger. And the artist was Luan. Luan. How do you say that, Daniel? Huna. <laughs> Luan Hun. And I've seen the artist. I've seen him in some of the, some of the uh, videos before. He's, he's very talented because the art in this game is amazing. But in Canvas, you play as a painter competing in an art competition. Players will collect art cards, layering three of them together and only three to create your own unique painting. Once all players have made three paintings, the game ends. The player with the most points wins. Some cool things about this game is it's kind of like in baseball. There's a way it ends. Everybody is going to get the same amount of turns. Everybody's, nobody's going to not finish their painting. Nobody's not going to get to play in the ninth inning. You play all the innings. You make all the paintings. So there's not some kind of a countdown where you're going to run out of time to, to finish your painting. So until you finish your painting, that game is not over. 
that's one of the good things about it. But uh, we'll hear what everybody else thinks about this game. It's the, one of the cool features about it. Let me, I think I've needed to mention this. If you're not familiar with Canvas, is you use these clear cards with art on them and they layer on top of each other, the art layers on top of each other. And there's little symbols at the bottom that represent different types of art and different, uh, what would you call, different uh, styles of art. And there's the genres, goals, what you maybe there's different goals throughout the game that you need to meet to have your paintings earn uh, ribbons. And so if you earn the most ribbons that are worth the most, then uh, you're going to end up being the best artist and win the game. But uh, as I say, it's it's been a popular game for as little as it's been out. But we're going to go around. Everybody's played it here. We're going to go around and see what our thoughts are on Canvas, starting with as we go around the board, old man Chris. What say you, Chris? All right, so <clears throat> not going to bury the lead here. Yeah, I like this game a lot. Uh, I've played it a few different times with uh, with John, and uh, um, I, I enjoy the uh, the kind of, it's kind of a deck-building thing, but not, right? It kind of is, but kind of not. Um, I, the um, the uh, different, like, layers-type situation is an interesting mechanic that actually works here. It's not just a gimmick. Uh, it actually flows and works and executes the game very well, almost like Zulkin, to where that game is fantastic. But app, like if they didn't have the gears, it's a gimmick, but it would make the game unplayable almost if it wasn't for it. So the same thing here. Um, I like that a lot. Um, uh, I like I, don't know, I just like the way the game works and how it scores. And I know there's one particular part of it that if you play with an expansion, it can be a problem. And that actually I'm against. But and Andy will we'll see what he says about it. But <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, the game as a whole, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I I I always look forward to playing more of it. Uh, that's pretty quick. But uh, Andy, what you got? Well, thanks, Chris. Um, I want you guys to imagine something. I want you to imagine two people have a baby okay? okay and out daniel's gone he didn't want to hear about that apparently <laughs> i'm well, going to imagine know. that he had no desire to hear me talk about two people having him. a baby it was too two hot people. for tv for him that's yes. right so in this scenario two kind of weird people have a baby right one of them really is weird you really don't like that person and, and you go okay well what, what's going to happen here well, they try to raise that baby to be a good citizen, but ultimately it's a huge disappointment to both them and everyone else, okay? That is this game, Canvas, and their parents were Dixit and Mystic Vale. <laughs> All right? I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Mystic Vale's okay. It's we're not fine. talking about Mystic Vale. Dixit's terrible, we're and Canvas is Mystic. awful. I just, I couldn't get into it, guys. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so hot right now. I don't understand it. That, Yeah, I am a game snob about this. There's something about the game that just drove me nuts. I had major analysis paralysis. And I know I always have AP. We call it Andy time. We should make a t-shirt. Anyway, there is uh, a difference between the two, by the way. There's a legit AP and then there's Andy time. Sure, legit AP sure. means it's a good game. Andy time is just, you can't stop it. For whatever reason, I had major Andy time with this game. And everyone else just was like having this joyous time of like, oh, this is so fun and cute. And the artwork's nice. I couldn't get into the artwork. I couldn't get into it. I was I was stressing out. It was light for them. It was heavy for me. I didn't like it. My head hurt. I had all time, kinds of hard times constructing the paintings. I felt like a, like some people might feel in a, a, a game where they struggle with spatial awareness. That's kind of how I felt in this game. And and I played this game with John. And let me tell you something. Here, Here's how I summarize this game, okay? The best part about Canvas and playing it was the company. 
and that's saying something. <laughs> Didn't you play that with your son? <laughs> <laughs> yes, him too. Yeah, but I'm mostly talking about John. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, some games, I've always described some games as fun games. These games are not necessarily great games. These games don't necessarily uh, pull at the, you know, make your mind start turning the gears. They're just fun to play. And I think Canvas falls in that category where it's just a fun game. But I didn't find it very fun. <laughs> and, and, and why I describe it as a fun game, but one that I didn't like is because like you can t- there wasn't a lot of meat there. There's not a lot of strategy there. There's there's just this very like you're supposed to sit down and go, OK, these are really cool, pretty cards. Um, I'm going to put them on top of each other and I'm making this thing. And I guess there's set collection at the bottom. In the end, it just it felt like I was supposed to have just this joyous time, not really think about a strategy and just enjoy the company I'm with. But like, I don't know, even in that, there are some games that you're just like, you know what, I'd rather just sit around and talk with friends than play the game. And that's what it was for Canvas for me. Uh, Also, one of the other issues I have with it is that it's there's always at least one person that's playing that just wants to make a pretty picture. And that bothers me in any game when someone refuses to actually play the game. And then just goes like, ooh, I'm going to do this. Ooh, I'm going to do that. Because then you're just like, well, why are you playing? You just you just like gave Andy extra resources because they put a little pallet to get to the third card. And you know Andy needs the next card. And you just gave him extra resources just so you can get a card that is pretty. Like, that, don't don't be that person. And, and this game lends itself to that. And I'm not a fan of that. Uh, and then I, there also isn't a real big choice in which card you get. I, I watched a playthrough of, I played it myself, but I did watch a playthrough of it. And it kind of reminded me about how every single person just took the first card, just took the first card, just took the first card. Cause yeah, eventually there's going to be some that might be better than the other, but the game is almost always providing you with the exact same choices that are just as good as any other choice. So in the end, it's a fine game. I would not refuse to play it again. It's definitely not one I'm going to seek out and play. And, and it's just, an okay again uh, a game like i've said it before in a, in a world of a thousand board games a year this one comes in at like you know 900 and i'm just like yeah i don't need that so all right the defender of canvas wow. john well as i will consider myself the canvas expert because i'm sure i've played it more than any of you and i've played it with the expansion that's the way andy and i played it was with the expansion which i love i love the expansion it gives you more options and for a 30-minute game to be upset that somebody is having fun playing it is ridiculous because this isn't pipeline or something where you're investing two and a half hours and somebody's over there just do doodly do. I'm setting people up. I don't care what happens. This isn't that game. This is a game where even if whether they're having fun or whether they're actually trying, it really I never notice. It doesn't affect my game at all. I'm just like seeing what cards are left, seeing what everyone takes, and then making a plan as far as far as how badly do I want that card? Is that card worth giving up all my inspiration tokens to get to, or should I hold those because I can still build a decent painting? There's a lot of choices to be made with it if you're actually going through the process of trying to score the most points. And it also, I love the different goals that there is for the game and the way they made these is so awesome so there's there's four corporate goals of every game that everybody has to try to meet to get ribbons and 
I don't know what that means. What does that mean? You don't have to go through a rule book. You pick up the card and look on the back and there's pictures and examples. Oh, I know exactly what that means now. Boom. In two seconds, you know all the rules of the game. It's amazing. And all the flexibility there is in it. You can make it hard. You can make it easy. I made it kind of midweight when uh, Andy and I played where some of them kind of worked well with each other. Sometimes they don't work at all with each other. And so it's kind of like, well, I got, I'm going for this goal because it's going to be worth the most points. But then ah, I can't get it with my second painting. Now what am I going to do? So and then all it all happens in 30 minutes. So it's like, I don't know. I don't see how, I guess, I, until I played it with Andy, I didn't see how anyone could not enjoy this game. <laughs> but I guess with every game, there's going to be some segment of the population where their brain just doesn't work that way or they just refuse to enjoy a game. And that's the way it was when I played with Andy. He's the only person I've ever played this game with that I didn't think enjoyed it. But apparently Daniel didn't enjoy it either because he's saying the same kind of things. But it's... I just don't see how anyone cannot like this game. I personally love it. I've got the Reflections expansion, which gives you the option of flipping the cards over. And there's a new one coming out, uh, Finishing Touches, which puts a frame around your painting, which sounds even better. So that one's going to be on the way, too. I'll do an unboxing when it shows up. But that's what I got on Canvas. Uh, yeah. Anybody else got anything else they want to add? Yeah, I, I wanted I, I wanted to mention to uh, Chris. He said that the the gimmick works on this. Like I I don't think it does. Like it works in the fact that like yes, you're building a pretty picture and that gimmick works. But yeah. as far as like necessity for gameplay, like mm -hmm. it, it's just a set collection game. Like that is all it is. And it could sure. have been like you could have just had three cards laid out. And and if it was just that, this game would not have been exciting for anybody. This game would be boring and dull. And but just because of that gimmick, people are like, ooh, but I but it's like that shallow. It's like it takes that long before you get like Chris. Yeah. But that's what makes it not a set collection game because you layer them and you have to make the sort choices of how you layer them, how you flip them and all that. Correct. So you may as well have a cool picture that goes with it besides just the symbols at the bottom. Chris, so have you have you played Mystic Veil, vale, Chris? I actually have not played Mystic Veil. Vale. Okay, that's a better game. Go play that. <laughs> I no, like Andy, yeah, 100%, really it. But it does matter because, again, like he said, like Don John was saying, you layer it. If I'm going to put this one on top of this other one, I'm going to lose this bonus, mm -hmm. opposed to this other selection bonus that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the taking the first one, like, trust me, I am the first person to to hate a game in those situations to where taking the first one's the same as taking the seventh one. 100%, 100%. Every time I played it, Every time I was on my turn, I was making decisions of how many, how far up do I want to go? I was never just yeah. taking the first one. That was never a thing. So uh, I don't know. I, I didn't, I definitely did not have that interaction when I was playing it, where I was actually using my tokens sparingly and moving yeah. up when I had to and moving and not. So, and, and there well, were moments, there were moments where I felt like I needed to get something beyond that, right. but I felt like I had the resources when I needed to. And uh, because you can build kind of, you can kind of in your mind build all three pictures simultaneously. Uh, right. Kind of, kind of, I understand you, you, you can only hold five cards in your, your hand, but you can kind of work with that. Right. So for the first part of the game, like you really are just taking the first couple until you get to like that fifth card. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I care. But until then it's like, you just got five random cards. I guess. Uh, How many times have you won this game, Daniel? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've wondered every um, time I played this game. Well, a uh, couple things I want to, uh, couple things I, I want to throw in there no, is you, no, you talk one, too much. You no, already talk on, too Andy. much. Also, I really want to say before Andy goes, Daniel, play with the right people. Don't just play with everybody. <laughs> if people are going to be stupid and not play the game, don't play with them. All right, Andy, well, see, here's that? the deal. There, I agree with what Daniel had to say because John had so 
you're right. Elijah, my son, my oldest played, right? And I was so proud of Elijah this night, this game night. He had played Lorenzo Il Magnifico and did Ooh. amazing at this more, uh, you know, this more complicated strategic Euro game, a worker placement game. And I was like, wow, he's really coming along. And I was encouraging him. And then you had him play that crap. And he, he makes he makes a painting that he thinks is so pretty. And he's like, look, Dad. And I'm like, it didn't score any points, son. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're doing. He's over there having fun, the and you're like yelling at him because he's not agonizing like you are. No, nah, you ruined the game, and he nah, and you ruined him. Nah, this was an opportunity. You you showed him the way. You showed him. You were like, son, that's cool. It's pretty. It don't matter. It doesn't matter if it's pretty. Doesn't matter my comp- uh, components. If it's a game, if it's good, that's what matters. I'm proud of you, Andy. You had a great dad moment right there. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to make an observation about the game that I've noticed over the time I've played it is. There's, in case you don't know, there's little words at the bottom that make up a name for the painting. When you're done, it'll say, you know, like invisible soldier or something like that, because these different words blend together and it makes a first and last name. I've noticed that when you have cards that fit together and only make a one word uh, name for the painting and everything's kind of crumbled down into one quarter and it's a terrible painting that they never score well. I don't know if this is by design or not, mm-hmm. but if you have a really bad painting, it's not going to score no matter what the goals are. And I don't know if that's, like I say, if that's by design, that's just another level of genius because I've never had one with a one word title actually, actually score anything. So yeah, the paint, the painting I had my last painting, it was titled John sucks. (laughs) Well, Andy, it should have been called John wins, but let us know in the comments. What you think of canvas is Andy off his rocker. Am I crazy or is this a good game? But also don't forget to hit like, and subscribe while you're doing it. Next up, we've got our next segment. Round two, fight. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So hot and hurt. Hot, 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 hot. I said, it's getting hot in here. So hot. So it's hot, damn hot, real hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. So hot right now. Hot. That's hot. Chris. Chris. <laughs> this is you, buddy. Sorry. It's funny. I was sitting there and it's just like, oh, well. What, well. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. What I was thinking about is like, man, that, that drop is way too long. But Paris Hilton at the end makes it. It makes it. So it's all okay. good. <laughs> all right. So this time we're going to have Andy in the hot seat. And uh, we're going to shoot, shoot rapid fire 10 questions at him Andy. to learn more about him and his uh specialness that he is so uh quirks, i guess quirks quirks there you go so Some more I'll respectful word all right how did you meet your wife i i met her uh online no way <laughs> okay which, which is perfectly acceptable nowadays yeah sure. unfortunately how- back then it was really weird because i stalked her on aol instant messenger <laughs> correct that's oh. awesome all right uh, andy what is your number 21 game of all time oh, gosh my number 21 game i'm glad yeah. you asked i actually have that up here no just in case what? you were gonna ask this no Good job although i can't find it now all of a that sudden uh, no quick. no i was prepared. stalled for time you're making it up i know yep. i was prepared i swear where is it where is it oh my gosh what? oh oh there it is 21 21 yeah. according to this it is the manhattan project all right, okay. I've not played that. Any, uh, you you say you're a big fan of the heavier games, but what is the heaviest game? Not that you've played. What is the heaviest game you've enjoyed? Um, 
So I played a game uh, at Origins that was demonstrated to me by someone, and I asked them how heavy the game was, and she said, eh, not that heavy. <laughs> yeah. I just I had to get that in. Thanks for um, that story. The heaviest game that I've played that I enjoyed? Is yes. That, was that the question? Yes. Yes. Well, I enjoy most heavy games. Um, most, but probably not all. You know, going off of the Manhattan Project, there's one called uh, Manhattan Project 2 Minutes to Midnight, which is a little complex, but I really like it. I keep going back and wanting to play it. I unfortunately can't get many people to play it with me. Yeah. Difficult for difficult sake is my summary of that one. It's a a good game. It really is. I want to like that one, but I never really do. All right, Andy, who is your favorite board game designer? Boy, that's a tough one. There's so many good ones, and they're all German, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with Stefan Feld. What a shock. I I was saying at the same time you were. What game do you think you have played the most? And it has to be a board game. (laughs) Well, it's obviously Crokinole. No, I said a board game. (laughs) (sighs) What have I played the most? It's fine. It's fine. That's the answer. No, no. Actually, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Outside of Crokinole, it is definitely Carcassonne. Okay. Okay. That's um, better. Or the Catan. Interesting. Okay. Oh, I played so much Carcassonne though, online especially. Uh, that counts, right? No. It's not a board. Uh, Andy, approximately how many games are currently on your shelf of shame? Ooh. If I had to guesstimate, I would say I've got at least 20 games that are in shrink still on my shelf, which is pathetic. And who do you blame for that as a follow up? <laughs> uh, my other personality. Yes, I agree. And Dan. Not me at all. There you go. Thank you. And Dan. <laughs> all right, Andy. Carolina or California? Hmm. California for the weather and the voiceover work. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina for maybe everything else. Okay. Except I barbecue. Carolina had better weather, but that's okay. All right. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you brought up the death of uh, Batman because I was actually going to ask a question about that. If mm. you got to do, or sorry, no, this is uh, were if you, you were if you were asked right now to audition for Batman to replace him, mm. what would your Batman voice be? Wow. Right now. Well, you know, right now the popular one is the uh, the the Will Arnett version, right from Batman Lego, and then of course mm. you've got the one from uh, uh, the Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, uh, what's his Christian name? Bale. Uh, Let's hear it. Christian Bale. You want Christian Bale? Let's hear something. You, no, oh, we you're want auditioning. what you want. What yeah, you you're auditioning. Do. What would you do? Yeah. Give your I own take. I do. Uh, what, 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 what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Give me a script. I can't read off a script. I need a script. How about I'm Batman? I'm Batman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're fired. Exactly. <laughs> what are you I don't know. Do? I, I, want, I want to see the animated series with that Batman. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be honest. Because he sound, it sounds like a wow. weird Archer, like Archer Batman crossover. It does. Batman. It does. <laughs> uh, Andy, have you played that deluxe Terraforming Mars game yet? I have. You have with all the 3D things. Oh, oh yeah, yeah several times. Awesome. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's it's uh, fantastic. What are your World Cup plans? <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I am uh, not traditionally a soccer fan, but my son is a huge soccer player and a soccer fan. And so I am acquiescing for his sake. And so I'm starting to get into it more. 
Um, I also have a lot of friends who are international students, so I haven't announced this to them yet, but I'm going to try and have some parties. Uh, I'm going to try some parties to uh, watch different nice. countries. I know one specifically, I know a bunch of students from uh, Iran or Iran, Iranian Iran students. Um, and the U.S. is playing Ar Iran, 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 Iran. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one Cool. and having them over. It's awesome. All right. How many board game content creators can you name? D like designers no content creators oh content like creators do. like us oh, yeah. oh okay uh, uh uh let's see uh daniel not named daniel John. <laughs> oh shoot uh let's see tom vassal z garcia Ooh, very um good. oh shoot what's what's the other guy's name he's gone now <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> sam sam healy sam healy uh um uh rado uh Oh, a Game Boy geek. Um, oh, hey, that's one I didn't think you know. Blue, blue peg, pink peg. I told you about them. I won games from oh, them. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. That, yeah, that's pretty so, good. I suck, so. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, Andy, in your time before voiceover, you were on the radio, correct? It's true. How many on-air jobs do you think you had? Ooh. Was uh, it quite a few? I'll try to cover this quickly. Um, I worked uh, various part-time jobs and full-time jobs in the following cities, uh, Springfield, Missouri, <laughs> Des Moines, Iowa, uh, uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, uh, um, uh, Kansas City, Topeka, uh, Springfield, Missouri. Did I already say that one? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. A Amy, bunch. What is your... Oh, go ahead. A bunch. A okay. bunch. Uh, what is your favorite co-op to play with your family? Uh, favorite co-op to play with my family. Um, I guess we've liked, you know, years ago I played Forbidden Island with Elijah and we really liked that. But my favorite co-op probably in general is going to be the Grizzled, Grizzled. or I oh, like sure. just one. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, is it true that you cheat at Lorenzo Magnifico to beat your 11-year-old son? <laughs> That's so, the rumor. <laughs> yes, it is. But only because Daniel, who was teaching the game and had the rule book, told me I could do something. Wow. And so I assumed I could because I trusted him with my life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Looks like we have time for one more, maybe. Uh, let me try my best one. Uh, oh, here we go. Coke, Pepsi, or RC? I'm going to go with the Royal Crown every time. Oh, really? What? Okay. That's surprising. Wow. Man, Pepsi got beat by RC. That's pretty bad. <laughs> As it should. Uh, all right. All right, Eddie. How many trash hot dogs have you eaten in your life? So, trash can a hot few. Dog. There's a story here, and I don't want to go into it too many details, but I went to the the went to when the Royals went to the World Series in Kansas City a few years ago. Um, I noticed after one of the games. Uh, that they were throwing out perfectly good hot dogs and big trash bags, and they were individually wrapped, and they were oh. they looked wonderful. And I and I just spent so much money on this World Series ticket. I thought, well, why not take a bag of hot dogs home? And <laughs> so I I yes, I consumed why not? World Series trash dogs. Nice. Which my wife <laughs> they taste like victory. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like, like that. In desperation. <laughs> victory didn't care with a little that. desperation. <laughs> Goodness, uh, I'm sorry. They, okay, it's, does that it's, wrap us it's up? It's the kind of person yeah. 
It's the kind of thing a person who cheers for a baseball team that had not been to the postseason in 30 years would do because they really just are out of their element. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> well, I will say, guys, uh, if you have any questions for Andy, let us know in the comment section. He's not going to read them, but I'll answer them for him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that's it for this half of the show. We're going to hear from a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Howdy, folks. I'm going to tell you a story about how the world got turned upside down. It all started when a dadgum meteor done plum hit the moon so hard it changed its doggone orbit. The axis of the planet got all off, and then while the oceans and lakes and rivers and everything else was all stirred up. Before you knowed it, the wildlife was a-changing. Fish in particular got bigger, smarter, and hungrier. They ain't all them city folk, but a few of us backwoods preppers are still fighting. In Axis and Walleyes, you play as hillbillies fighting giant mutant fish on the front lines while praying to God that the axis of the earth will self-correct. Because if it doesn't, we may all be swimming with the fishes. Axis and Walleyes, coming soon to Start Kicker. I don't think this one's ever going to fund. No, no chance. Yeah, but but it did give me a chance to get another game of Marvel Snap in at least. <laughs> I already <laughs> backed it, guys. Did you really? Yeah. What a guy. Just during uh, the break. I mean, you back a game you know is going to fail because you look like a hero and you know you're not going to have to, you know, right. dish out money for it. It's there a win-win. You, you know true. what? I actually, I just did it myself. I went with the all-in mortgage my house. Ah. <laughs> oh, so Simon's running this one. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, guys, we got a show to do. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. All let's right. throw it to our right. roving reporter in the field who's got some comments for us. Mr. Teutonica, are you out there? Mr. Hansa? Dearest Andy, ever since you said I was your favorite, I haven't stopped thinking about uh oh, 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 hi. How long have you guys been listening? <laughs> Just a little while there, Hansa. Luckily. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, so yeah, let's get, let's get to the comments. Um, this comment is from the Jeff on Board Game Geek. The Jeff says, "Dear around the board, being a big fan of Puerto Rico, I of course am on the side of Chris and Andy. But both of you said the first couple of games I ever played, I felt somewhat dumb. Maybe." You just got more intelligent over the years. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> I like that letter. Good job, Hansa. Way to All pick right. a good one. Hansa, well done picking a good Jeff, one. Jeff, I'm going to meet you in the sidewalk at Gen Con. <laughs> That's right. We're going to battle this it out. There's no monkey bars. If there's monkey bars, we do it at the monkey bars. You know, I'll be there, and so will my columnists. Right. <laughs> yes. I got a posse of columnists. <laughs> We might have this discussion about maybe uh, maybe replacing Hanza at some point. Uh, I just what? I mean, yeah, he just hasn't oh. really like gotten what we need from the comments. He, he always finds the ones that are just way out way out there mm. making fun well, of us. And isn't there know. a newer version of Hanza? I mean, maybe we should Younger? look into that. We'll okay. look into it. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, it's time to get back to the game, is it not? I believe it is. Here we go. Round three. Fight. Board game, believe it or not. All right. Well, we are going to be introducing a new segment tonight. This is Board Game, Believe It or Not. So tonight we present you a new segment. 
board game, believe it or not. In this segment, each of us will present a board game story to the other. This story will be unbelievable, amazing, and utterly tantalizing. So much so, it will make you wonder if we, if you can believe this or not. Tonight, we are going to start with John as he tells us the most unbelievable story. Are you still doing the Hansa voice? <laughs> what do you mean? Is he still doing the Hansa voice? I, I'm sorry, that was behind the scenes. What does that mean? That's only for our Patreon subscribers. I mean, he sounded a little like Hansa. That's just a coincidence. Uh, coincidence, I'm Total sure, John. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go, guys. Did you know that back in the 60s, you know, anything happened back in the 60s, a game came out. This is a legit game that was published. Not an idea for a game. This game was published. We should have done this something about this on the Halloween episode because the, the game was called Big Funeral. And here was the, here was the uh, tagline for it. Like funerals? Because, you know, who doesn't? <laughs> this game is for you. Plan elaborate funerals. Throw parties. And try to get the most most heads, uh, what hearses and tombstones than any other players. So, did this game really come out in the sixties? Was this a real game? Hmm. Should we believe it or not? Let's send it around the board, Chris. What this, do you, what do you say? So, well, first of all, this sounds like an expansion for Last Will. <laughs> like, like you're actually dead, and now you're actually trying to spend all of your inheritance, <laughs> all your inheritors' money on your uh, funeral. On but, your funeral. That's exactly. the last way you can spend the money. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, oh man, I don't know. I want this one to be real. Just because it sounds amazing. Um, you got got to go with something, 60s, Chris. Uh, it still seems to. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's not real. Not real. Chris is saying not. All right. See now, Andy. What about you, buddy? You just had analysis paralysis about that, which is really weird. But anyway, um, that took you as long as it took Andy to play Canvas. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I was just no, thinking. it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> I'm going to say it was true because uh, things are things were tacky in the 60s, man. People wow. smoked way too okay. much uh, uh, or, or did too much LSD. So, <laughs> okay. so Andy's a believe. LSD is a light bulb. Yeah, that's a light bulb, Daniel. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Um, so uh, it sounds a lot like my big fat Greek wedding. So I think that John just took the synopsis for that movie and put my big fat Greek funeral. And uh, that is essentially what he just read is the description to that movie. So I'm going to say, uh, I don't believe it. Not true. Okay. So we had uh, Daniel says not. Chris says not. Andy says, believe it. This game did come out in 1964. Big funeral. Believe it or not. It's true. Wow. Andy gets a point, but I get two points because I fooled the other two. So <laughs> I like that. I like, I like that. I'll get two out of three. That's good. We'll go to, go to Chris for the next one here. All right. So this one is, is the most expensive chess set in the world cost equal to that of a Bugatti? A what? A Bugatti. Bugatti. It's a, it's a type of car. Oh, I thought it was something you ate. Oh. Like it put stuff you on? Could. Is that a... Like, I, I don't know, but if it's the most expensive chess set in the world, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I'm intrigued to see what food would be that expensive. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm gonna say it's yeah more, more expensive. Sure, I will go with that. Yes. Wow. He's gonna because it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's made of like diamonds or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, it does say that's encrusted with diamonds and jewels and everything of that nature. Correct. Hmm. All right. Well, I think Chris is actually reading the screen. 
So I think he is, <laughs> and it's a uh, it's gold plated, not plated, but it's actually gold pieces. All the the royalty pieces have little like uh, diamonds on it, and the pawns have like feces smeared on it. You got to pay extra for that. What? So I'm gonna go with true feces. Wow, <laughs> are we using the right word or did you just mis- mispronounce? Yeah, yeah, something? yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a Mighty Python reference. How do you know uh, he's royalty? Because he's not covered uh, in poop. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the description just says, made of pure gold and encrusted with diamonds and other precious gems. This ch- chess set looks almost too magnificent to be played. <laughs> wow. I'm at a, at a conundrum here because you guys both believe it. And if I say believe it, Chris is going to get three points. And that just sounds stupid. But it sounds believable to me. So... But you have points to lose. <laughs> Not that many. I'm going to go with believe it, though, Chris. We're going to set you up for the Grand Slam. All right. It does not. Oh, oh you're kidding me. No way. And, and and here's the crazy part. I got you kind of semi on a te- technicality because the statement was that it costs equal to that of a Bugatti. And even Andy thought it cost more than that. The statement here notates that uh, it, uh, the uh, 9.8 million, to be precise, is the uh let's hear sorry <laughs> I screwed oh yeah okay second the most expensive board game in the world cost half of a bugatti oh. which apparently is 9.8 million dollars yeah bugattis so, are very expensive 9.8 million correct wait wow. so there's a car that costs that much money uh, well the way i'm reading is as if it's half of bugatti which makes them it 9.8 million times two what wow. why would you have a car you can't drive a car that costs that much Daniel, even carry your groceries. Daniel, exactly. you can you can make monthly payments. It's okay. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know okay, what? More, I actually love the idea of that. <laughs> like someone needs to get one of those like <laughs> online calculators to yes. calculate the payments on, you know, a four-year car loan on yes. $9.8 million. Dollars. Exactly. Like easy payments of only <laughs> two point eight. For very well, very qualified buyers as well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, for Daniel? my board oh, game, believe it or not. I'm going to share with you some interesting facts about one of the great granddaddies of all board games, and that would be Settlers of Catan or Catan. I don't believe it. Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) My first experience at Gen Con involved me meeting the grandson of this board game royalty, uh, uh, and I'm speaking of none other than Klaus Tuber, the inventor of Catan. Uh, I talked to his grandson, who, by the way, he was like 10 years old at the time. He was really freaked out by all the uh, the, the selfies I wanted to take and stuff. Um, Anyway, uh, so there's some facts about this game. And I want you you to – these are all – it's an amazing thing. It was the first German board game sold outside the United States. It holds the record for board game played at the highest altitude. It was played at 5,870 meters uh, by four Canadians on Mount Kilimanjaro in Nepal uh, on uh, February 11, 2019. And then it was also featured in a documentary in 2012 called uh, uh, Going Cardboard, uh, talking about the popularity of it in america amazing stuff okay don't you think uh and yeah i definitely believe everything that you said (laughs) i'm pretty sure i know all of those to be true so uh, but i hope it is now because if it's not then i'm gonna be uh seem pretty foolish including meeting his 
grandson at 10 i know you've told me the story before but i didn't remember him being 10 i'm up with the cab <laughs> maybe that's the one if, thing that if this is a weird off. one thing off thing then that's it but but it's, it, it's not that, that sorry that okay. that's not part of the uh my, my story about meeting him is not part of the gotcha. believe it or not okay i just had to throw what, that in what was the believe it or not I, I uh, that it was the first german there. board game <laughs> sold outside the united states it All holds the record for board game played at the highest altitude and it was featured in a 2012 documentary called going cardboard so am I picking one of those being wrong or am I saying all of those are right? Those are all three things that either are okay. right or wrong. Gotcha. I say right. Okay. Correct. I'm going to go ahead and say believe it as well because, yeah, I think I have heard at least one of them being true. So I will go ahead and say believe it. Chris, what about I'm you? I'm not going to believe it because, A, there's three qualifiers and that just seems bad. And also, there had to be some other game that was shipped to America before that. Like, there had to be some sort of, like, war game or something. So. Okay. So, according to my sources, it was the first German board game sold outside the United States. Cool. Is your sources does, your it brain? It does get credit with starting the board game revolution. It also is featured in a 2012 documentary called Going Cardboard, which I want to see. Apparently, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, yes. Hashtag not a sponsor. Um, Yet. Yeah, Yet. they were confused by that. We're going to get that Bezos money. <laughs> it also holds the record for board game played at the highest altitude. So Nice. But the problem is, as I said, Mount Kilimanjaro in Nepal. Oh, my God. Mount Kilimanjaro is actually in Tanzania. Is this really what you're going with? Yeah, suckers. That's it. Wow. That's it. This is ridiculous. That's terrible. <laughs> well, that's what you get for picking a ridiculous game. I know, wow. Andy. <laughs> it's ridiculous hey. players, not a ridiculous game. All right. Uh, all right. Well, doing one more time around here. Yes. I, well, no, I, well, I haven't done one yet, John. Oh, okay. Well, man. My bad. Oh, man. All right. So. I misunderstood the uh, the uh, the intent of this as for, at first, so I did two truths and a lie. But what I'm going to have you guys do, instead of doing two truths and a lie, I'm going to have you pick number one through three. So, uh, John, pick a number. Two. Okay. So this could be this could be true. It could be a lie. I, I have them both on here. All right. You ready? The international chess governing body, longtime president, Kershan Ilium Zahaznaz, that's a real name. All of them I looked up real names, okay? <laughs> Has made the claim to have been abducted by aliens. Ooh. So the international chess governing governing body president was abducted by aliens. Very was fun. or claims to have been? Claims, claims to, to have been. been. Okay. Claims <laughs> to have been. Those are very different. <laughs> wow. Uh, just because so many people claim that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, believe it. I'm going to say this guy, you hear this all the time, people that are smart in one way, and then they say or do something so stupid in another. I'm going to go ahead and believe it. Okay. I'm going to believe it because they were, I believe they were trying to steal that most expensive chess board. Could be. Because <laughs> I assume the the governing body of uh, chess, whoever that person is, uh, owns that board. <laughs> comes, comes with the uh, seat. I'm also going to believe it, and I can't, for whatever reason, get out of my head now. The guy from Independence Day that claims he was probed by aliens. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. I don't. I don't know think why, that but... guy was running any chess organizations, though. <laughs> Probably uh, never know. But, un but unfortunately, you guys are correct. Yes. That was true. Woo! There's some weird wow. stuff that happens in the Russian chess circuits. Yes. You should look into it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, are we doing this one more time, John? Uh, it's your segment. Oh, yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's okay, go, John. Cool. Okay, here's another one. Uh, in 1983, a game came out 
interestingly enough, interestingly enough, called Baseball 83. And the cool thing about this game is it featured real players, but they didn't have the endorsement of the MLB, so it didn't have real teams. So it had, you'd see this sometimes, players, you know, in the colors, but they didn't have, you know, they played for Cleveland. They didn't play for the, you know, Cleveland, well, Indians. QB Bills. So, yes. But no, they'd have player names. And they actually had minis that were kind of cool and they were full color. So it was almost like a starting lineup kind of thing. And so wasn't a very good game, but it had cool little looking baseball guys and came out in 83 and was called Baseball 83. Believe it or not. What do you say, Chris? Uh, I'm going to believe it because that sounds like the hallmark of every game before Catan was they they were like oh these people are stupid you know what actually i think this is actually a deep-seated reason of why i hate games being pretty and people caring about it because before Catan, only people cared about oh i get to play a game in space that's all that matters is that it's in space it doesn't matter if it's any good just it's in space i roll a dice in space yeah exactly (laughs) um so that's part of the reason i think deep-seatedly i hate people that are getting all excited about if it's pretty or not because it was so yes i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say they tried to make a baseball game it was trash but it had little cool things that got people excited okay andy um i'm gonna say it is false because i don't trust you that's it that's your whole reasoning (laughs) that's it that works uh, At least yeah, I didn't get booed. One, your first one was true, so your second one has to be false. Also, miniatures did not exist in 1980. So there you go. 83. Especially in 83. So you're going to not believe it? I'm not wait, wait, are, it. are you really standing on that? The miniatures did not exist in 1980? That's what he's claiming. I have five points, so sure. Why not? They had okay, a okay, because I was invented. like, uh, that's a real hot, bad take. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even uh, hot. That's just yeah. lies. Well, if they existed, prove it. <laughs> well, they weren't. They weren't considered miniatures. Yeah, they're just little molded they're figurines. They, yes. Because we 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 were now we're now more Balls. obese, so they're not. I I got nothing. All right, John. What is it? <laughs> well, I made that one up. But you should not believe that one. Sorry, Chris. Ah, I was right. Miniatures I thought it sounded like a good game, though. <laughs> Again, Chris, you have me fooled for obvious reasons. Yeah. I'm making my comeback. <laughs> there you go. All right. My second one is, I don't have one. Believe it or not. <laughs> I, all right. I believe, I believe it. it. I believe it. <laughs> You're all right. Yes. All right. Andy, what about you? Do you have one? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> Did you know in 1987, when Hungry Hungry Hippos was first released, it was originally called Angry Angry Beavers. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go that that again was a Nickelodeon show and uh, that it would uh, beavers eat wood. And obviously these are plastic balls. Nobody would ever believe that that would exist. So <laughs> false. I don't believe it. I'm going to go ahead and choose not to believe that as well, Andy. Uh, I have no faith in this, the, yeah, the truth of this game. Sorry. Yeah. I'm also not going to believe in it for production reasons, but uh, <laughs> I, I do like the idea that it was something else. I, I, I thought you were going to go the direction of like, you know, some like old angry mother or something, or I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that, but either way, production wise, I angry, well, angry grandma. I don't know. How was it? Yeah, exactly. A bunch of, I don't know. I have news for all of you. <clears throat> I was concerned that I was winning the game and I don't have anything to talk about, so I have just jinxed it so I will not win. <laughs> is oh, untrue. Yes. Well done. Very well yes, done. Sabotage. Sabotage. 
Way to sabotage it. Oh, it like me and nice. sabotage the whole time. All right. Uh and then me. So uh pick pick a number between uh one and two. Or pick number one or one two. One and a half. Three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I heard three. That one's gonna count. All right. Uh again, one of these are false and one of them is true. So Famer Yuan, a champion Magic the Gathering player, was banned from Magic the Gathering for a time because of his marked your Zatron land cards. I'm going to say that's definitely. Is yours Oh, it's not my turn. Not, not a Power Ranger. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't so, either. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I believe it because I think it just sounds weird and that's what that game is. So there we go. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to believe it because it's pronounced Urzatron and is incorrect <laughs> based on pronunciation alone. Uh, no. Um, I mean, unless it's some sort of weird technicality on person's name or something like that. Yes, no, all the names are correct. Cards, and I believe weird. an Urzatron deck specifically was, so I'm going to say I believe it. First of all, Urzatron kind of sounds like Energon, and since I'm a Transformer, I'm going to say... Time to maximize. You're going to you're gonna what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with it. I'm going to say it's it. true, and also uh, he probably used a Black Lotus card. Yeah, it's actually the Black Lotus is what was marked. No, just kidding. No, it was true. This works better as two truths and a lie. No, it doesn't. The other ones apparently seem too obvious. (laughs) Or you could just be like me and not know how to lie. (laughs) All right. Well, and that is it for that segment. Let us know what you think of it if you want to see it again. Uh, And yeah, let us uh, also, you can send us like a, uh, a message, especially if you know us locally. And uh, give us something to use in a future one in case we do this again. Let us know your two truths and a lot. Or sorry. No. Believe it or not. Thank you. And or just other games as well. If you guys have thought of a game that you think would be fun for us to talk about, let us know. I would say it's it's, it's not especially if you know us locally. I would say it's even better if you don't know us. Uh, fair enough. I meant send us personal message, but you could still. Oh, wait, we have email. In the comments? What? Well, yeah, but email? Then we, can... we have email? We have email. Email. <laughs> Oh, the email mail at aroundtheboard.com. Anyways, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Dot net, actually. Dot net. Dot net. Fight. All right. It's time for our final segment. And uh, I get the pleasure of hosting this lovely uh, thing. Okay. It really goes back to a comment I made that we, uh, we, we, we said we need to turn into a segment. And that is the topic of Ameritrash. Then why aren't you excited about hosting it? What's that? Then why aren't you excited about hosting it? You sound like somebody's forcing you. Nobody's forcing me to do okay. anything. I'm 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 not looking forward to the the know. lashing I'm about to get specifically from Chris. <laughs> that's what I already know that he's going to school me here, but that's fine. <laughs> I got gotcha. So Amera Thrash, Amera Trash. I always yeah. I, I we, we're going to find out more about that origin. I'm sure Daniel's going to school us there. But I'm going to tell you first of all, it, normally in this segment. I go last, but because I'm so screwed up in my understanding of it, I'm going to go first so that you can then correct me. If that's okay, I'm just going to break the rules here. So what is Ameritrash and Amerithrash? What's the history behind it? I've obviously botched it up a hundred times. What I thought is I always thought it was something that was uh, relying maybe too heavily on a theme, uh, was pretty low on strategy, and featured a lot of skirmish stuff, skirmish stuff, uh, hence the name Thrash 
like, you know, I was thinking like Risk, where you just keep rolling dice over and over again and flailing at each other. Or for that matter, a board game version of something like World of Warcraft, where you, uh, you know, redundantly hack and slash your way through things to earn XP or whatever. That's what I always thought of as an Amerithrash type game, a uh, dungeon crawler. Um, apparently, I'm completely wrong, though. So, uh, please, by all means, school me, starting with you, Daniel. Fresh. So this segment be called like school Andy. There you go. <laughs> right. All like right. <laughs> All right. Well, Amera Trash is a game that came uh, that as something that came out to divide between Euro games and Amera Trash games because Euro games when they came out in the uh, 1980 uh, or 95, I think or 93 with uh, with Settlers of Catan, uh, people were like, "Wow, there's actually real strategy involved." But they still rolled dice, right? There was still a dice involved. Um, so what makes those two different? It's not just about rolling dice. It's about, um, uh, oh, I have it written down here. Includes, it's 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 rolling dice while calculating your odds. That's what I was going to say. So like example, in Risk or Axis and Allies, when you go into an area, you have to decide what are my odds of winning this based on the troops that I have, the numbers I have to roll, and based on their defense and, and such like that. So it's not just rolling dice because again, Settlers of Catan rolls dice. Monopoly rolls dice, and that's not a merit trash either because there's no strategy in a merit trash. So, unlike, uh, sorry, there's no uh, strategy in Monopoly. So, unlike what Andy said when he said that the uh, there's little strategy, no, merit trash games have a lot of strategy in it. Like, you got Warhammer, like, that's a big merit trash game. You have Axis and Allies, merit trash game, these games, and, and it was used as a derogatory term at first because they were like, these games aren't skillful, kind of like what Andy said, because you're just all luck based. But that's not what it is. And that community has actually embraced that, that term. And they're like, yes, we are going to call it merit trash and we are going to be happy with it because uh, this is exciting. And I just want to say that not. All Ameritrash games are, tr or not all trash games are American trash. Like example, if you think Munchkin is Ameritrash, it's not. Just because it's a trash game doesn't make it Ameritrash. I'm sorry, I wrote notes and then I didn't look at my notes and then I got derailed and I can't get back. So I'm done. I all right, John, let me I hear you. I have so thoughts. much I want to respond to, but I'll hold my tongue. Yeah, hold your tongue, son. <laughs> Wow. First, I want to say I'm glad we're bringing some clarity to this question. I love that we're doing a series on what is all these different uh, gaming mon what monikers that we throw around. But I think this was already discussed a lot by, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this really famous uh, board game comedian that was out in the early 2000s. And he had a whole bit on this. And his, name was, his name was Jeff Cardboard Boxworthy. And he had a whole bit on this. I'm just going to do his bit real quick. And because he kind of clears this up, <clears throat> it goes like this. If the only cube shaped components in your game are dice, it might be a Maritrash. If your game has a Marvel version, it might be a Maritrash. It absolutely is. <laughs> if your game has more pages of meeple stickers than it does pages in the rule book, it might be a Maritrash. <laughs> and if you spend more time agonizing over how to get all the pieces of your game back into the box than you do any actual decision during the gameplay, it might be a Maritrash. And finally, if the name of your game ends in Opoly, it might be a Maritrash. I think that pretty much sums it up that 
Ameritrash is a fluid definition. And to me, it just means it's luck based, luck based, and usually a lot of conflict. And I, but I see, then, then it comes into games like one of my favorite games, The Godfather Corleone's Empire. It's got a lot of Euro elements, but is it Ameritrash? Because there's area control and there's very little luck, but there's some luck to it. But to me, it's, it's, there's Ameritrash elements in a lot of games. And I'm not really happy with the term in the first place, but I don't think there's any way to have a, an overall definition, I'm afraid, of what everyone's going to consider Ameritrash. But that's what I think. I think it was right. best said by Jeff Cardboard Boxworthy. I think you're correct. <laughs> so, first of all, I'm just round of applause. Yeah. That was that was fantastic, John. Oh. Well, well done, uh, Chris. Chris, one, one more for our for our for our uh, our man in the field. If your game has a celebrity on the box and his name is not Hansa, <laughs> it might be Ameritrash. <laughs> Indeed, Chris. This is apparently what show prep looks like, which we are not familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, oh, I mean, not even that. Not even prep, but just like the fact that he had the idea, and then you executed it, and the jokes were spot on. It was well done, man. Fantastic. Um, okay, so for me, this is really simple, and, and, and it's different, varying degrees of it. A euro, at its core, cares about mechanics. Ameritrash, at its core, cares about theme. So. John's trash. I'm a Euro. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but no, for real. Like that that is what it is. Cause and that, and I talked, I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about I thought that that game was real because they're like, oh, we'll make some miniatures and it'll be real pretty, and people will be excited. They're in space or playing baseball, and that's all that matters. We'll sell the game because people think they're gonna have fun, and then they get home and it's awful because they didn't care at all about making a good game they're gonna make these make it pretty and have stickers like he said and have these miniatures and then everyone hates the euro games because they just have some little cubes because it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter how the game looks it matters if it's good to play if their strategy if your choices matter that's what matters and so at the end of the day, again, it's it's different varying degrees of it. For example, that uh, uh, Godfather, that is a kind of right on the middle. I've not played it yet, but I've only heard good things for, across the board from people. And yeah. when you hear when you hear nothing but good things across the board over a long enough period of time, there has to be more than just theme there. There has to actually be a good solid game. So it and, and that is a a right down down the middle kind of game these days. And, and there's more and more of them. There's more and more of them coming along uh, because people are spending more time on the art and all that stuff, which I don't care about. But they're actually putting the theme to the mechanics these days. And uh, and therefore, it's becoming more and more obsolete if it's a Euro or a Meritrash. But, but at the end, of, at the, in my opinion, the way it always was from the beginning, it was an Ameritrash game if it was theme first and mechanics second, and Euro if it was mechanics first and theme second. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have to. I have to sure. rebuttal against uh, Jeff Boxworthy there. Uh-oh. What? Uh, that guy is aces. <laughs> he did say uh, uh, if it's if there's more stickers than uh, rule book uh, rule sheets, that it might be Ameritrash. More, more pages of Meeple stickers than okay, pages well, in the rule Did you book. hear about the new Everdale Big Box? 
Apparently no. there are so many stickers in there. You need another <laughs> box to hold the stickers. And ain't That's no one right. saying that that one's mayor trash. <laughs> also, Have you met Monopoly. Me? See, this is the thing. I think a lot of people, they misconstrue that word trash. And, they, and this is what I poorly said earlier is that if they think it's a trash game, it's a merit trash. Monopoly is not an merit trash oh. game. It's just a trash game. A merit trash specifically has to have good mechanics to it, some good strategy to it. I do like what Chris said, where he said it's a, a theme is important, and I think that's uh, correct because like Axis and Allies, um, Warhammer, those are merit trash games, but their theme is so strong and it's what moves it forward. But they are still good games. So. I have to jump in, and I never thought I'd be defending Monopoly, but you just trashed it so hard. You said there was no strategy involved, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna politely disagree. I think there is some strategy involved in Monopoly, and I do think if you play it actually according to the rules, which no one does, it's an okay game. I, but even then, like again, it just as what's it your is, decisions? Like, there is one strategy, and everyone's doing the same strategy of not trading. That's the strategy. You never trade, what? and then it's up to the dice on where you land and what you can and can't buy. Because like there, right. there is no other choice. There is no actual trading. The correct way is to buy, keep, and just hope that everyone else runs out of money. No, no there no. is strategy. <laughs> you got to build four houses and not not a hotel because the that's what people say. That's how you break the game. That's the correct way to play the game is much like what politicians do on the Senate floor when they don't want something to pass. It's called a filibuster. filibuster. That's yeah. what Andy does. Get into That's what he did strong negotiation, Kansas. and you keep talking about this negotiation. <laughs> I'm very good at this, by the way. Very I know. Good. Very yes. huge, huge. Yes. Uh, huge. I, I make huge, huge monopolies. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my Donald Trump impersonation. <laughs> keep working on that one. Yeah. Uh, Monopoly Gamer is really good, though. Eh. I you played that one. I mean, for a Monopoly game, it's the best one. Monopoly Builder is good if you uh, throw out uh, their rules and make up your own. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I get, get back on the Ameritrash topic, though. I will say, Chris, I'm glad you. I'm glad you circled back around and said that Euros are finally catching up in the theme department because that is definitely where Ameritrash games came, uh, where their strength was and their theme, and it is important. I know you don't care, but when you get a good theme in a Euro game that aligns with the mechanics, now that is solid. And yeah. it's easier to understand, it's easier to play, and it just makes the game more enjoyable. So I'm glad that Euros are at least taking that from, from Ameritrash game. Which is why Terraforming Mars is so amazing, in my opinion. I'm, the Grand theme Austria actually Hotel. works quite well. Grand so Austria Hotel is the one I'd throw out there. I know I've said it before, but I'm just going to say it again, make sure people truly understand how I feel on it. I don't hate theme. It's yeah. cool. I like it. It's great. If it can hit the mark, all the better but it's not essential. I don't care what the theme is. The mechanics are key. If you have awesome mechanics and then on top of it, throw some incredible theme. Awesome. You got a 10, but theme is not essential. Yeah. Art it, it, and theme is not essential. Mechanics. He is doesn't care. And you build he, from what there. he's, can I, can I, can I translate? Yeah. You yeah. don't care. You, about, you, you don't care about going to Jiffy Lube which is a name brand and a themed place, you'd rather go to Joe's car shop where there are better mechanics. Ooh. Exactly. You know that was less of a theme. It, that was the jokes to uh, Jeff Foxworthy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and thank you, Joe's car shop, for the checks in the mail. We appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for, uh... Hashtag is a sponsor. I want to say one thing, one thing before we leave, and that's to to address Amerithrash. 
I think I said it uh, in that oh, last yeah. episode when we brought it up. Thrash, I love that term. I actually like to use it myself. I think Andy does too because he always wants to use it. But that was specifically created by the Dice Tower to get rid of that negative connotation of Ameritrash. But the people who really play Ameritrash games, they hate it because they took that Ameritrash as a bad, uh, badge of honor. So there you go. That's, that's just so that was created by Board Game Jesus? It was. Well, uh, actually, I think it was. Yeah, it was Board Game Jesus. Yep. By the I way, it was Lee Garcia, but <laughs> I think I think Munch, Munchkin is Ameritrash. No, no, no. it hundred percent is because it's all about theme. It has, it's the only theme mechanics. Mechanics suck, and it's all luck based. Correct, and it's theme one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Not because it's trash, but because it it is all theme and stupidity. That's I why think it's it has Ameritrash. To have, I think it has to have dice. Like that's that's what it boils. Dice down have to. nothing to do what? with it, in yeah. my opinion. Yep, but we're that's, glad we're clearing this up. And I'm I think it has to have up. dice, and it has to be aggressively towards. Okay, so Troy's hard to pronounce that game. That game's American trash. Um, what are some other games? And uh, role and... players trash. It's nothing with dice. Uh, where, where, yeah. where, what else? Dice Forge. Dice Forge. Yeah, yeah Dice right. Forge. That's Ameritrash. Oh, yeah, actually, Dice Forge. I would say is Ameritrash. No, <laughs> it's not. It's a deck building mechanic. It's a dice building mechanic. It's got a Euro all mechanic. You're, all you're doing is rolling dice. That's all you're doing. No, you. Oh my them. gosh. No, you're an idiot. You're forging dice. <laughs> well, the points would agree with you. <laughs> okay, but in in any the event, would agree with you. I don't think my original definition of Ameritrash was actually as off as I thought it was. Probably not. Uh, I don't know. You thought it was just like combat and like risk when around. Well, you can be like, I thought it was more luck based, less strategic. Well, I mean, we've sure, thoroughly, uh, sure. we've thoroughly Ameritrash this segment. So I think we're uh, all Ameritrash can, right here. Tell us in the comments what you think Ameritrash is and if it should be Ameritrash. And if you agree or disagree with whomever. And also, once again, if you like what you're seeing, don't forget to like the video, smash the subscribe button to continue seeing somewhat great co content like this. <laughs> Self-proclaimed somewhat great content. Yeah. Oh, we almost got through a show without this, but John. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> May not have deserved it, but uh, there we it is. have it every time. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta give Does the people what the they end? want. It does bring us to the end. Someone close. I'd try to end it there while I was still winning. All right, let's uh, find out who won this uh, this crap show. <laughs> John that would Tyson! be. I believe that would be me. It's John Tyson. Yes, it's been a while. Well, Tyson. That's nice. 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 <laughs> all right, I'm the winner. The best part is that you guys all had to lose for me to win. Okay, Ooh. so I'll wait for my solo shot here, and then I'll give my. Uh, Give my fine. There we my go. Close up. In my all close my up. glory. What does Andy say? I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. Mr. DeMille. Um, all right. There's this, this is actually far. is a topic I have in mind for this. And that topic is the player counts listed on board games. Because let me tell you what never happens. You don't go into, say, a Kia dealership and they say, oh, what are you interested in? Well, I got a family of eight. And I'm looking for something to carry everybody around in. They don't say, well, I really need to sell these Kia Rios. So I'm just going to tell them it's seats eight. And then, okay, hey, here you go. Seats eight. And it's really cheap. Great. You take it home. You're like, how do I get eight people in this? You call them back up. But I, you said this seats eight. Yeah. You stack everybody up in the back, put a few kids in the trunk. Boom. You seat eight. That's what you get with the player counts in some of these games. Because I've seen player counts too low. I've seen player counts too high. 
every the big thing now is you got to have a solo mode. If you're solo, here we go. If you're solo mode bears no resemblance to the actual game that's being purchased, you might be a lion sack of crap. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, when you say you you look up the rules for the solo mode or or even the two player mode. I mean, come on, two player mode of Seven Wonders. Give me a break. Nobody does it. It's stupid. You're not Seven Wonders do Duel. And so. It's if it's a completely different game and it's clunky and all that, just just don't do it. Say your game plays three or more, okay? So it's at least honest. And then I've had a, oh wow, remember when we were discussing football games? There's a football game that I've played with my kid, two player game. Says it plays up to eight. Huh. Two teams. I don't know what it is. What is your turn to roll the dice this time? What I don't I don't know what you would do to make this game play eight players with four on a team. It's you're it's called four on four, John. And it's like, that's, that's ridiculous. Why don't you say it plays 15 then? Because there's obviously no limit. Because that's so, an odd number. Uh, I'm sorry. Was somebody talking? Okay. Uh, it <laughs> must have been plays, one of the game plays even players. Talking. Anyway, so can we please just put some sanity back in the boxes as far as player counts? That's all I ask. Okay. Is that too much? Thank you for your time. <laughs> John. Yes. You lost me. At, you don't. You don't ever run into people with uh, eight going into a car dealership looking for a, a something that seats eight people. I've I've hung out with way too much homeschool that. people. I didn't say that. I said they don't try to sell you on a Kia Rio when you go there. They're going to sell you something that actually seats eight people. What about fair enough? Eight Kia Rios. They could be a Kia Rios. <laughs> you know, it would be interesting if it holds like five people. <laughs> The go people. <laughs> I don't think any of the publishers ever do this, and, and as it would not be, you know, helpful for them. That's the whole reason they say all this: the player count right is for oh, sales, exactly. right? Mm. But it would be interesting. Obviously, can't do it for first edition, but for second edition forward, if they're like BGG suggests this number of players, that would yeah. be interesting if they put that on the box. That would but be. Again, yeah. they won't do that because they'll be like, "Oh, well, it says three to four, and these people only play five, so we can't. We're not selling them anymore. If we leave one to five on there, they'll play it." So yep. that is a nice Grogard game feature, though. Like, here's a game right here. It's called Primordial Soup. It says three to, three four. to four players. All this right, does not lie. That's the way to do it, and it's made from like 1920 or something like that. <laughs> Look, guys, we're out, we're I'm going to not believe that. I'm excited about that art. We're about out of time. And so, like, I used to hear my grandparents say, they would say, we better go to bed so these people can go home. Um, <laughs> All right. So let's, well, let's, let's do, do birthdays, though. Let's do All right. I have uh, first up on the docket is Marvel Legendary. Love wow. that game. One of my favorites. Uh, go figure. I'm sure you're all surprised by that. But yeah. it came out 2012, and I was one of the first people in line purchasing that one. So 10 years old. Happy birthday to my beloved legendary. Awesome. Uh, also, what came out in 2013 is a little game, a beautiful game called Lewis and Clark. Came out nine years ago. And it's a game that I beautifully had displayed on my shelf for a couple of years after I got it new and new and shrink in a trade. And what is it like? 45. What's it say? 45 minutes per player? 30 per player. Oh, 30 per player. In any event, I never played it and traded it, but it always looked beautiful on my shelf. So congratulations. Nine years old, Lewis and Clark. Who's got the last one? A great game. Andy, you doing the last one? Sure, I'll do the last one. Last Will is 11 years old as of this month. Came out in 2011. Great game from uh, uh, Vladimir Suchi, I believe. Uh, did I get the, the name right there? Sure. We'll, we'll correct it in post. 
Okay, we'll correct it in post. <laughs> anyway, check games. Great game. Love it. Um, I still I haven't like, seen the movie Brewster's Millions, which is what it's based on, I guess. The Great American Prodigal's Club, the follow-up. Yeah. I have played it. Prodigal's Club's great too. Yeah, the Big Brother is much better. I haven't played both of them together, but you can. You can. You, you can. can. So yeah. <laughs> what was that, Chris? You got to say. Well, that. I was gonna say. I was like. <laughs> I was going to say, so you say Prodigal's Club is better in your opinion, but then I was like, ah, we'll just move on. So you agree? Okay, yeah. I, I kind of got that feeling from other people that I recently played it that yeah. I played both. They're like, yeah, Last Will's great, but once you go Prodigal's Club, it's hard to go back. Really? Okay. Yeah, you only got nine points. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> so far beneath me. They're both great games, but yes, Prodigal's Club, I'm a, a little bit more. Okay, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much to all our wonderful viewers out there. Remember to tap those like and subscribe buttons and also be sure to join our Facebook group, Around the Board. Send us an email at mail at aroundtheboard.net or reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever social medias you find palpable. Until next time, we will see you Around the Board. What are you doing? Are you stealing my gimmick there, uh, Daniel, by making the goose or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, you are. You still don't know. Like, you know, hey, the homies you for making me use this new stupid uh, camera is like so much closer, <laughs> and I can hit it so much easier. So. All right, we're here with Jamie. She's going to do one of our past play shelf trades. What did you pick today, Jamie? Uh, Blood Rage Ethanos Root. Okay. Pick this one because it's easy. All right. Very, very easy. The creator of Root needs to just go away forever and ever because Root can just... Did you just say Endeavor? No. no. <laughs> okay. I do. Endeavor is a great game. Endeavor is a great game. Root gives me Blood Rage. Okay. Blood Rage can stay. I love Blood Rage. We're playing Blood Rage all day long okay. as long as you don't come after me. Ethnos will shelf. It's an okay-ish game. Root doesn't need to just trade away. Root needs to burn in a crashy, flipping fire. It's a horrible game, and it ruined my cruise. Yeah. Root can go away forever. But it's such an easy teach. No, oh, it's not. Okay. Maybe I'm on, It's maybe not I'm even mistaken. a game. It's four separate games <laughs> that you're you, you can't even tell when your husband's cheating because That's, it's four separate games unless you know the four. Yeah. Why would I learn four separate games when I can just learn one game or learn four separate games to play four separate games? Yeah. I don't want to learn four separate games to play one game. Root is horrible. And it needs to go away forever. I like Root, but I really can't argue with any of the points that you made. <laughs> of course you can't. I'm no. Jamie. I'm no. awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. <laughs>